Nikki Jensen. And it's Brie Picconi. And we're Late, Late to, to the, the Party, a weekly podcast about our obsession with film, fashion, and pop culture. So, hey, Brie. Hey, Nick. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Good. Yeah. How's it going with you? Pretty good. I know we just, we kind of had like a proper, we watched, we had like a proper like girls' time. We watched Shakespeare in Love, and now we just had pizza. Yeah. And you're going full like fuller from home alone and choking down a pepsi <laughs> i can't help it i mean we are home alone too so woo fuller cool it on the pepsi is that what it is that what he says i think so yeah uh home alone's iconic so what's been new with you um you know just i don't know like not not too much i, le- I learned something new today though okay what what is it so have you heard of something called dry scooping? No. Um, oh, God. I couldn't. I want to guess. I want to be like, oh, yeah. it's this. So you, your day job is you work at a coffee shop. Uh-huh. So I think dry scooping is when you scoop out the beans, but you don't wet the scooper first. <laughs> don't wet the scooper. Not well, that first, you would wet. First of all, yeah. That's- I don't know. I worked at Starbucks once upon a time for like a whole week. I don't know anything about coffee. Yeah, you should not wet the scooper. That's a good call. <laughs> what is dry scooping, Brie? So it's actually like a pre-workout thing. Like it's like a trend. So you know how people do like protein powders and things before they work out? Yeah. Apparently, people are just like scooping it and putting it like into their mouths, like not mixing it into a drink, not like diluting it with water, just going, oh, like a shot. Yeah. A scoop shot. Yeah. And and I forgot what was in there. Um, Like someone at work was telling me about it because they, I guess they do it and it gets them pumped to work out. And then this customer came in. They also do. I'm like, what is going on? What is this world? And like, I don't know. But it makes you feel like a superhero and like, I don't know, like you could, like you're invincible. So I don't know. Sounds kind of cool. I'm not saying to do it. I'm just saying it's, it's intriguing. I, I probably won't do it, but, um, Brie, I don't know how to put this or like, ooh. how does this pertain to you? Because I, I don't, don't know. think you, you don't work out. I don't work out. No, you're right. It doesn't pertain to me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like, I'm like so confused. I want to feel invincible. Okay. But like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to dry scoop when I do Pilates next. Yeah. See, I just, I Some thought yoga. that could be useful. I thought that could be useful. Thanks. I mean, I wonder. I mean, I know people do crazy things. Yeah. In the name of health and fitness mm-hmm. which you know i feel like we should do like a an episode on wellness at a certain point like goop it up we or should. something we should goop it up yeah well i'm speaking of gwyneth paltrow yeah in a sense today we are talking about the 1999 academy awards oh yeah yeah because oscar nominations came out what was it like two weeks ago yeah. and um Super Bowl was last week, and as we talked about last week, the Academy Awards are my Super Bowl. Right. So, and I feel like the 1999 Academy Awards are, like, 
a very memorable and a very iconic just award season. Yeah. And I think it's a combination of of that award show and like there were a lot of like water cooler or like, you know, pop culture touchstone like moments. Mm-hmm. But also it was I was at an age like I was super young, but it was the first Oscars where like I it's just what I reference when I think of film and like the Oscars because I was like at the the right age and this is what I associate with with the Oscars. So this is like the one the one for me, but it's also like a really memorable ceremony. And I think it's what a lot of us talk about. Like we are still talking about. Roberto Benigni being crazy. I love that. Winning foreign film. Or, you know, or like Gwyneth Paltrow or like with the Harvey Weinstein stuff going on in the recent years, we've we've had him on the tip of our tongue, but we've also talked a lot about, you know, like the Shakespeare in Love versus Saving Private Ryan debate. And I think even like with this award season, like some people really wanted Spider-Man <laughs> to oh. be nominated for Best Picture and uh-huh. it is kind of like there's always this debate every couple of years where it's like like a box office, like a blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. They're like, should it be included? And I feel like this year it was like one of those talks where it was like, was Saving Private Ryan too much of a box office hit or like a blockbuster movie to win versus like a almost an independent like Shakespeare in Love? I don't know. It's a lot of things that mm. I think we're still talking about now. Gotcha. Well, speaking of like Marvel films and stuff, it made me think of like, um, like Francis Ford Coppola. Didn't he like bash them? Like, yeah. and, um, who else? Like, he was just going off about like the formulas being played out. Oh, wait. Well, Francis Ford Coppola, or was it? I know Martin Scorsese like despises Marvel films. Oh, I think it's both of them. I think both. <laughs> I know Francis Ford Coppola recently was just like talking about those types of films in general and i think martin scorsese if i'm remembering correctly like a couple years ago he was like marvel i Mm. hate marvel movies like they're not real art i don't think scorsese's wrong i mean how could scorsese be wrong how could francis ford coppola true and also francis ford coppola wasn't he talking about like just the creating the art he wants to create or creating the art you want to create yeah that's true yeah just not like um selling out i guess that uh, that being said i do enjoy a good marvel movie though that last spider-man was a banger it was so good like it got me in the feels it was really good but i don't think it should be nominated for an oscar like what nah but that's just me i don't know i mean maybe more people would watch the oscars but will we take it as seriously yeah i know what you mean there's there's a fine line there's a thin line there's a thin red line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So besides pumping it up and uh, working out, Brie, <laughs> have you been up to anything else? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, not really. You know, watching um, some movies. Um, Euphoria. Watching Euphoria. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really made a lot of progress. What? Oh, my God. You have to see episode seven, the one where Lexi puts on the play. Oh, okay. I bet that's spicy. I won't say anything else, but yeah. No, this week I'm gonna, I'm gonna be up to speed. Don't you worry. Nice. No, I've been really into 
Euphoria TikTok. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with this subgenre of TikToks? I, I've seen a few. I've seen a few. But, like, do you have some in mind? Like, some special ones? So, I just continue going down the rabbit hole. And now, because of my algorithm, mm-hmm. it's basically all Euphoria. So <laughs> Nice. Um, But there is a girl... Okay, so that's right. Camda91, mm-hmm. who talks about Euphoria, and I really like her. Um, I just also really like people's fan theories just in general. Just anyone and everyone. I'm open to them. And everyone trying to, like, Taylor Swift Easter egg them, I really like. Okay. But, but speaking of TikTok, I've also gotten into... There's this girl that does uh, Steve from And Just Like That or like Sex in the City. Yeah, you sent it's me like that one. Miranda? 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 Oh my God. <laughs> She's so good. She's like spot on. She's so good. Her name is what's it? Anna, Anna Roisman or Rosman? Wow. She's so good. She's got it down. Like, cast her. If if that actor ever, like, falls through, just oh my get her God. in there. She does. She, if you check out her TikTok, her face, the way she does her mouth is just like Steve. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's so talented. <laughs> like, For real. She needs to, like, do something with, well, she's TikToking. I guess that's a thing. But. That one video. It's, like, perfect. I love that. It's, I mean, it's not a Martin Scorsese film, but it's, like, TikTok, like, good quality stuff. <sighs> that gave me a good chuckle. <laughs> Moanda? Moanda? I can't do it. I just feel like every time I, like, listen to that TikTok, I always want to just, like, in everyday life, just, like, be like, Moanda? Be like, <clears throat> no, I can't do it. No, do it, do it. Moanda? <laughs> I sound like um, I sound like one of the sisters in The Simpsons, like the smoke. You do, Amanda. (laughs) I can't do it. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sorry. Ah, it's okay. That's a part of Euphoria TikTok. Apparently, okay. See, this is where it gets like the Easter egg Taylor Swifty type of deal. In the last episode, one fan theory is that you know, like the pink, like bralette that Mariah Carey's wearing in the Heartbreaker music video. Mm Hmm. They are like, Cassie, when she's walking down the hall in this one scene, is wearing that. Hmm. Oh, is she really? I don't know. But there is that line in Heartbreaker where it's like, it's a shame to be so euphoric and weak. But like, that's such a a Taylor Swift like thing, though. I don't know. Do you think Sam Levinson is really like doing that? Or maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I feel like there's references in Euphoria somewhere. Like I feel like something about it is subliminal, and I don't I don't exactly know what it is. But there's I I feel like maybe because like the music and the everything the way the I don't know if he's like in control of that part too with the music selection. But I feel like everything I'm has like sure. a a meaning or a flow or like I don't know if I'm making sense. But like oh yeah oh I'm <sighs> I'm sure. It just seems really intentional. Well, like, that's another Euphoria TikTok theory. Where, like, in season one, uh-huh. you know when they do, like, the Nate and the dad story? Like, the Nate episode yeah. is called Stuntin' Like My Daddy. Uh-huh. And 
like Nate and all his problems and why he's so fucked up is because his dad. Yeah. And he's kind of like a mirror to his dad. Or he's like his dad. Right. So, I don't know, maybe. Because, and I know the titles of the episodes are like usually songs or like I didn't know that, or something. but that song I did think, oh, I think that's a song. Like, okay, so I'm going to have to pay more attention to the title. Because I always like the titles, but I just, like, yeah. oh, that's, excuse me, that's a good title. But, uh, hmm, okay. I don't know. There's so much. It's such a rabbit hole, but. I love this rabbit hole. Take Wait, me down. Just I, no spoilers. I know. I Once you get caught up, I feel like, well, we're going to do a whole episode yeah. on Euphoria like in a couple weeks. That'll so. be really fun. I'm excited. Me too, because we'll both be caught up and we can finally just let it all let, let, yeah. out. <laughs> well, because I feel like, Brie, I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. But I can't like. Uh, I'm I'm one step ahead of you, and it's just, like, one episode, but this yeah. is, like, must-watch TV. Like, at 9 o'clock last night, I, like, popped up my laptop and went to HBO. Yeah. Like, this feels so 1999. Right? So, I mean, like, I might appointment watch television. tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Do it. How far are you? I'm, I'm on episode six, so. Okay. So, you're good. Yeah. I just I haven't seen episode seven. Bree. You're going to like it. You're going to like it because how do you feel about Lexi? I like her. I think. Yeah, I like her. You give me a lot of Lexi vibes. <laughs> I, I I could see that. I, Yeah. And I feel like in this one, she's like a theater kid. Okay. And do you really? I don't personally relate to Lexi, but I feel like you would. Mm, if I were a theater kid. Well, no, no, just you in general. I feel like you kind of exude some theater kid energy. Really? Me? I, th- I think so. I think you were born to be a theater kid. I just never was, though. Well. Wow. Well, is I'm, it too late? No, I feel like people are theater kids at heart. Okay. And I feel like you have a theater kid heart. Thanks. And it, my roots are in theater. <laughs> but I don't know if I have a theater kid heart. I mean, I, like, respect them and stuff, but, like. Yeah. Speaking of Oscars, like. Are you more like the, a critic? <laughs> A little like bit. Like a little, like, I mean, I don't know. Not, I feel like you're, like, very intellectual in a way. Like, um, not, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to give you a compliment. I mean, I'm just not the type to burst out in song. Yeah. Well, maybe. Not those types of songs. <laughs> it depends so. on the song. Not it the theater, on, not the musical yeah. numbers. Well, you know what? But then, but then you put on Mamma Mia. And I'm, like, singing oh like God. a theater kid. I feel like the... You can take the girl out of the theater, but you can't take the theater out of the girl. But I don't think I have that energy. But those are my people. Yeah. They're my people. They'll always be my people. It's like a sibling thing where you hate them, but you love them. (laughs) So, yeah. I feel like I'm just like, like I have that relationship with it. Okay. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) You know who doesn't have theater kid energy, though? Who? Queen of New York, Julia Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I Are feel we... like we haven't talked about this woman uh, enough. Yeah. I I know. What are your thoughts on Julia Fox? Honestly, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't know her well enough to be like, soup, like have a, like a, put any real judgments on her or anything. I mean, I think she's really pretty. Um, I thought, I thought she was funny when she said, Uncle Jams. Uncle Jams? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is another one of my 
favorite TikToks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have I so when you sent me that TikTok, I went on my own rabbit hole Nick. Really? What was your rabbit hole? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wanted to show you some talks too. Just show to me some see talks. if you've seen them as well. Cause Which um I'm just gonna play really quick. Yeah. The initial Julia Fox viral TikTok moment just to establish a mood. <laughs> Set the scene. Oh my god, Jam with the Oh my god, that was that's a good one. That's the one uh with um uh I was just gonna show Slap in the face. Slap in the face from uh, I Love You Man, Paul Rudd. Oh my gosh. But yeah, basically she was interviewed by Caller Daddy and Julia Fox was asked by the host if she was Kanye's muse. Right. And I think <laughs> I think Julia Fox made perfect sense. Yeah. And she was like, well, I was just like something Safdie's muse when, when he wrote Uncut Jams. <laughs> Uncut Jams. Did she spell Nikki, that was really good. <laughs> I I am a Julia Fox supporter. Yeah, but then, didn't she say she was like high in that interview or something? Like Yeah. Oh, did you hear? Oh my god. And then she went back on, I don't know, what was it, stories or something? And then she was like, not only was she like, Oh yeah, I was high, but then she was like, English isn't my first language. <laughs> It's not? She was born in Italy. Oh, wow. I, I knew she was, like, Italian or Italian-American, but she, well, she's just born Italy. Dang. But I think she, like, shortly after moved to New York. Hmm. So I think that's BS. Is, is this, like, um? oh, man, who was that actress that was, like, that had that accent that kept coming and going, and then she's like, oh, I vacationed in oh, Spain. No. Oh, my God. Like- uh, what's her name? <laughs> Uh, Hilaria Baldwin? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it like that she was kinda... like, how do you say cucumber? <laughs> and she's like from Connecticut. <laughs> how do you say? So good. But I love like oh. chaotic women like that. I love it. And I love like she broke up with Kanye West or like they broke up and, you know, basically she was like, she was like, I wanted to give you guys something to talk about. And I love that. And thank you, Julia Fox. Yeah. Thank you. Like, I love her. But I love her energy and her style. She's so good. Yeah. Um. This one, so I'm going to describe this one a little just because you can't really, you know, no one can see it. But it's it's basically someone took some SpongeBob clips and just kind of um, photoshopped in a microphone. Um, oh, my God. So it's SpongeBob interviewing Patrick, who's dressed like a girl. And uh, here we go. Hit it, Brie. Everyone's like, would you consider yourself Ye's muse? Yeah, a little, maybe. What is a muse? I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncatch Up. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, things like right. that. Like, I, I think it would you. I don't know. I think it's. Oh, my God. I don't know if we can, like, link that in the show notes or something. But, like, Patrick, when, when he goes, Uncut Jams, he's drooling. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, I don't know. Whoever put that together, that is, um. Killing it. Killing it. And then I have. Someone made a playlist on um, Spotify, and it's called, would you consider, oh, well, I guess we don't have to keep doing the audio, but look, it's like a whole list of songs. Oh my god, yes! (laughs) Uncut jaw. Oh my god, do you know what I mean by Oasis? Oh my god, I love this. Yes. This is, oh my god, we gotta put this on our Instagram and like our show notes and stuff. This is awesome. Okay. 
This is what the internet's all about. And thank you, Julia Fox. She's doing this on purpose. And I love it. Yeah, I love that she's just rolling with it. And I don't know. It's a fun time. It's a fun moment. We don't have a lot of like, I don't know. It's fun to get uh, excited about something. Yeah. And she's like in control of it. I love I love that too. Yeah. She's cool. Good job. Good jobs. <laughs> as much as I hate though, like the TikToks, and I find them annoying of like everyone just being like Uncut Doms, Uncut Doms. I am also in real life, just in my head, every moment, being either like Moanda or being like Uncut Doms. <laughs> I know. Or thinking about Euphoria. That's what takes up all my mental space, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been on my mind. Like, I don't know. I gotta see what happens next, for real. For sure. Well, stay tuned for that episode, because I feel like if I say anything to you about Euphoria... It'll just turn into a Euphoria app. Well, also, I think I'd spoil it. Oh, no. Yeah, please so. don't. Okay. We'll we'll check back. But yeah. <laughs> Uncut Jones. Uncut so. Jones. so, yeah. We're gonna talk about the 1999 Academy Awards today. So, yeah. So, yeah. Let's get started. So. So. Brie. Yeah. Do you want me to set the scene? Yeah, set the scene. Paint us a picture. Um, the 71st Academy Awards was held on March 21st, 1999. The best year in cinema. Yes, the best. And a great year, period. Anyways, continue. <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg was hosting for the third time. Mm-hmm. She's pretty dope. We'll talk about her later. <laughs> um, Shakespeare in Love won seven awards, including Best Picture. Um, other winners include Saving Private Ryan, Life is Beautiful, and Life is Beautiful was the second film nominated simultaneously for Best Picture and Best Foreign Language Film in the same year. Yes. Yes. Which I remember, I mean, I remember this ceremony, like, so well, and, like, all the nominees, even though, like, I didn't see them all, obviously, then, but I remember Life is Beautiful being, like, one of those movies that... Like, just really, like, hit a nerve. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I feel like all the films this year really, like, hit a nerve, which is great. Shakespeare in Love, too? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it hit a nerve. <laughs> Maybe not the it right. got on people's nerves. <laughs> also did Roberto Bonini, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. True. But I feel like this year really was just, like, the year of the World War II, like, war film. And the year of, like, the Elizabethan film what is up with that that is such an interesting thing like that those were the two like themes yeah i don't know that's so interesting and that's like in my memory or in the last like 20 25 years like i don't know anything about the oscars before but that doesn't happen every year that like there's like a theme and i feel like this year it was like a proper theme yeah but i love that well because, like, when Whoopi posted, she came out in, um, like, she was dressed like Queen Elizabeth, basically. Um, she was denching it up. She was denching, denching it, up. it up. Yeah. She was, like, serving looks and serving sass. For sure. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of Whoopi Goldberg hosting? I miss her hosting. I do, too. She's the person that I associate. Her and Billy Crystal, in my mind, are always like perpetually hosting the oscars because they did it so much like during our childhood like late 90s like early 2000s right and like steve martin too i feel like it was like like all three of them just hosting the oscars all the time 
Yeah. And she was like the first woman to solo host, which is pretty badass. It's, I mean, it's kind of crazy that it took until the 90s, but... uh, Wait, Have there been any other female hosts besides Whoopi? Oh, Ellen, a couple years ago. Didn't, um, didn't Amy Poehler and Tina Fey host? That was the Golden Globes. Oh, shoot. Well, yeah, I don't know. I th- maybe just her and Ellen? Just her and Ellen? You're right, Ellen. I remember that being like a big moment for some reason. Yeah, before, now we all hate Ellen. <laughs> before we hated Ellen. Um, Before yeah. uh, Ellen didn't invite Dakota Johnson to her party or whatever that clip is. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Have you seen that clip? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But but um but it's it's um it's ninety nine. Whoopi Goldberg is hosting. I just I love her so much. I I wish she would host again. I do too. I really I mean, okay, now because of what happened last month, I guess we can't Why? Something happened with Whoopi. So she made some really insensitive remarks about the Holocaust. Oh no. And basically like she was suspended from the view, yada yada. But it was oh, like a no. big deal. Where have I been? Oh, I dang. You don't watch The View like a 75-year-old <laughs> woman or me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. Wait, so who is on The View now? Is it still Joy Behar and, and Goldberg and well, some other people? But she's on suspension. So is it like, I mean, what is the dynamic now? Do they still do episodes? Like, what's yeah, happening? They carry on, you know. And she's been gone for a month? No, I think she's back. I don't know. I don't watch the review, uh, the view religiously. Okay, but yeah, like I feel like Whoopi Goldberg is like a really good Oscar host. Like she's what I think of when I think of Oscar hosts. Her and Billy Crystal. Yeah, I, I feel like she has like the perfect amount of like, f- like being funny, sassy, and kind of like classy and serious when she needs to be. You know what I mean? Like she's like, I don't know. I think she's the whole package. I think so too. I think she's like a good host because she's show business. Yes. Like, she really is, like, an insider, and she references that throughout the whole ceremony. So yeah. I love that. She gives the people what they want, and, like, I was watching some of her, like, speeches from past ceremonies and things, and she's always, like, addressing whatever's happening at the time and just kind of making jokes and stuff and calling people out in the audience. I love that. I even love, like, when she is dressed up like Queen Elizabeth. I love how, like, in that opening speech, she basically is like, yeah, it's going to run, run long. Deal with it. Deal with it. I love that. Because I know that was, like, in recent years, like, a running joke where everyone was trying to be like, yeah, we know these run long. Or they're trying to make them faster, but it never worked. Yeah. Like, I love how she was just, like, because she, like, when she talks to the crowd, it's, like, insider baseball. Like, she knows all these people and it, like, shows. Yeah. And she was, like, we know it runs long. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, essentially. And I, like, love that energy. I do, too. Did you, um, did you see when she came out to, um, present the best, like, costumes? No. Did you see? I got, Nikki, you gotta see this. Like, you just gotta see this. It's great. Also, the way the stage looks for this ceremony is, like, quintessential. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> is this in reference to, like, Velvet Goldmine? It is. But look at how she struts with such confidence and such flair. <sighs> Whoopi's great. Isn't she? She is... <laughs> She knows. She just she just knows how to walk. She knows how to talk. 
Yeah. <laughs> she is vibing. She's rocking it. She's just all in the velvet gold mine, like, garb. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it, too. I love how she just can joke on herself as well and just, I don't know. She's, she's like, fearless almost when she's on stage. I love she it. She is. And especially when she comes out in costume. Like, when she comes out in all those Shakespearean, mm-hmm. like, outfits and stuff. She's just, like, she really rocks it. Which, that's what I really loved from the ceremony as well. I loved how, you know, with her costume, she, like, paid, like, homage to all of the nominees. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's really fun. I don't know, like, I don't know why the Oscars lately have gotten so weird about trying to make the ceremony fun. When, like, Uh. honestly, all you need to... You just need to have, like, a fun host that everyone likes. Maybe that's a problem in this gener- like this day and age. Maybe. I mean... But I don't know. You're right, though. Like, I feel like we haven't had, like, someone host that's, like, really celebrating the moment and all these, like, nominees yeah. and stuff and having, like, a theme and, like, you know, like... I mean, people dress up and stuff and look nice, but it's not, like... I mean, maybe some musical acts might have a theme, but it's not, like, the same as, like, a... It's not fun. And I feel like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg in that opening, too, like, the reason why we watch the Oscars, the reason why award season is so, like, important mm-hmm. and, like, has any sort of cultural impact and has gone on for as long as it has, it's because it's a celebration of cinema. Yeah. And it's it's a celebration of the art. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, though, in this episode, how that can get muddied when you campaign. Yeah. But in general, it is a celebration. Yeah, the purpose is to celebrate, to honor the contributions, right? To cinema, all the people like behind the scenes doing things too, not just like the actors and stuff, but like directors, sound people, all like it takes so much just to make a movie. Like it is an art. It it does take a lot. A lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of, you know, this is something I am passionate about. I'm like, preserve the art of cinema. For sure. I know. It's something I'm really passionate about as well. But but it's just crazy. I know it's like, I hope this is coming across. Yeah. Like, like what's the word? Not cohesive. But like, I hope I'm articulating this correctly. Because I feel like I'm all over the place. Because I just want to be like... Let's go back to 1999, where, like, Whoopi Goldberg's having fun. Yeah. Like, and doing the references with the costumes and just celebrating art. I just feel like nowadays it's – we need to have fun again. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Make the Oscars fun again. Make the Oscars fun again. Make a hat for that. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. But, yeah, I'm passionate about it as well, so – so I ho- hope that's coming across and not just, like, an old man. Like, <laughs> back in my day, in the my- Oscars were fun. Back in 1999 when I was four years old. Way back. Yeah. Way back yonder. I um. miss the days when I was still a toddler. <laughs> Drinking my Diet Cokes. Watching the Oscars. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, Brie. Yeah. When I was a kid, 
I loved the Oscars. I still love the Oscars. Yeah. Like, right now, I'll look at, like, Oscar predictions and, like, I'm just so interested in that type of stuff. But even as a kid, mm, I was really into the Oscars. I think, like, as a kid, I think I was even more into the Oscars because, like, with my – I would watch all these award shows. I think my uncle was interested, too. He loved movies. So we'd all just watch, you know, the Academy Awards, Golden Globe, like, all that stuff. But, like, I think in recent years, <laughs> just because it's, it hasn't been as big of a deal or whatever, I just haven't gotten into it. But I, I want to. I feel like I should, you know, because I it kind of missed it. I've missed it, too. I mean, like, last year was a wash for me. Mm. And I was so into it before that. But yeah. I don't know. I'm into it this year as well. Like, we've seen. We've seen yeah, what have we seen we now? We saw Licorice Pizza. Right? We saw Tick, Tick, Boom. Well, I don't think I did. Yes, you did. You saw it with me. We oh, sat here. We watched it. Remember? Um, yes. Actually, yeah. I do remember. We watched speaking it in this of, very room. Okay. Speaking of theater kids. That's right. With Andrew Garfield. Yeah. That one was good. I actually, I enjoyed that. And I don't know, like, I've kind of been dragging my feet. People say it's good, and it's on Netflix. But Power of the Dog is probably going to win Best Picture this year, so I do want to see that. I've heard that one's good, too. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. I want to see Coda. I know this is a tangent. I want to see Coda, but uh, the, I don't know. I don't know where it's playing around hmm. around these parts, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Marley Matlin. It's like about, I don't know, like a deaf family so okay right that's actually kind of cool but yeah but that's a tangent about this yeah, year's oscars that's true well, but but yeah this year the red carpet looks were luke's yeah nick that they dude mm. like so many like iconic dresses were from the 99 academy awards agreed oh my god what was your favorite just like outfit in general or like dress and outfit in general Whoever walked okay. the red carpet. Okay, hands down, Celine Dion. <laughs> the backwards suit, just mind blowing. Like, I love how she wears it. Like, I don't know, like the amount of confidence she has with this like fedora and like backwards suit and like balloony, like kind of or I don't know if they're really balloony, but like um I don't know how to describe they're them. Flowy for they're sure. They're very flowy. It it just she rocks it. She does. She's, like, wearing white head to toe and just the look on her face. Like, she's Celine motherfucking Dion. You know what I mean? Like, she's just, like... Oh, she is. She's so... Con like, uh, I don't know if it was her on the red carpet or her talking in retrospect, but... And I can't do a Celine Dion impersonation, but she was, like, I just wore it. You know? She was, like... Yeah. I don't know. I just love Celine Dion. She's so kooky. Right? Well, I don't think anyone else was wearing a suit like that really everyone else was all the other women there were wearing dresses i think yeah or like a lot of them yeah most of them i guess and they didn't have the audacity to wear an all white suit backwards with a white fedora that's for sure and sunglasses, nope, and sunglasses. like bitch please like work i love it yeah yeah what was your favorite outfit um okay it's a toss-up between Kate blanchett mm-hmm Cause that like the back detailing on that like black dress and it's just like just so simple and so elegant and like Kate Blanchett is one of those women for me where like if you're like who's the best actress in the world I'd probably be like Kate Blanchett like who's the most beautiful like objective woman in the world I'd be like Kate Blanchett 
So, and I know you feel the same way I about her. I feel exactly, yeah, I'm just, like, nodding along, like, yes, yes, exactly. So, she's kind of, like, everything to me. I don't talk to, about her a lot, but, um, but she has my heart. Same. No, she's just, like, gorgeous and talented. I feel like I have never seen, like, a movie with her in it that I have been, like, disappointed, or at least her performance is carried, you know? I don't think, I don't know. She's, she's great. She's great. She's so interesting too. how, like, and this is kind of like in, as far as like best actress category this year. Yeah. I feel like it's between like the character actor and the ingenue or mostly ingenue, but like, you know, like there is that debate and Kate Blanchett is someone that is an ingenue in a way. Right. But she's also a character actor. Like she goes deep and like, sh- she's almost... She becomes another person. Yeah, like, she's almost Tilda Swinton-esque in that way. She just, like, melds into the role. Oh, my God. And just, you don't know who she is. Hold on now. You know, I literally just, in my mind, I was thinking she was so good in um, the Narnia movies or whatever, but that was Tilda Swinton, wasn't it? That was Tilda Swinton. And in my mind, because I think I've seen her do, she does get into those, like, characters so deeply has she been like a snow queen of sorts because she gives me those vibes i feel like she's like oh i have no clue well tilda swinton's odd for me because tilda swinton is so good that i've seen a lot of her films Mm -hmm. but i don't recognize as her she's just whatever this character is yeah Kate blanchett is enough of like an ingenue and a lead and just like i know who she is yeah but um I know what you're saying. But yeah. And Kate Blanchett also can play high and low. Like she can be Elizabeth and she can be, you know, an alcoholic and blue jasmine. And just, just, I don't know. I fucking love that woman. Same. But I guess the pink elephant, not, yeah, the pink elephant in the room is Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, This whole yeah. night was her night. Like in that pink dress, that yeah. Ralph Lauren pink dress is one, an iconic dress. But two, she just, she's an ingenue. Right. Yeah, this Playing was her breakout ingenue. kind of, well, I don't know. Was it her breakout role or just like kind of, they made it seem like it was, or at least like her moment It's It's her shine. moment for sure. Well, and also her coming out right out the gate on the red carpet with that dress, mm-hmm. looking like a combo of like Grace Kelly and Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. And like the character of Shakespeare in Love is like the ingenue, is this like, hopeless romantic this optimist like someone so like like an old time movie star character and she like looked the part on the red carpet and i don't know like how could you not be in love with gwyneth paltrow and this was her moment yeah i agree whether that was given to her fairly or not is another debate Mm -hmm. um I think she's charming, though. Yeah, like, what are your thoughts? If we we want to go into, we want to go into like the categories. Yeah, like just breaking down the categories of the nineteen ninety nine Academy Awards. If we start with Best Actress, yeah, we can do that. Thoughts on Gwyneth Paltrow? I mean, I think she's good. I I don't know. It's it's hard comparing her to Kate Blanchett, though. Honestly, because I'm like Kate Blanchett's so good. Um. But I mean, I think I think Gwyneth Paltrow's she's charming and sweet, and she's pretty. I don't know. I feel like that movie though, just all I don't. I just don't know. Like her, 
Like, she's kind of just playing, like, a girl in love or just... It's very, like... I think it's because it's also in Shakespearean times, so it's, like, everything is kind of uh, whimsical. And, yeah. And um, she is very whimsical. But, it, I mean, it's... I, I don't know if this is a problem. I don't know if it's exactly her acting or just what was written. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, a movie that really, like, moved me. Oops, sorry. <laughs> it didn't really, like, move me. Um, So I feel like... I feel like we didn't really get to see all that she could do, but it was, you know what? It was really fun to see her <laughs> play like a boy auditioning for for a play. That was kind of cool. I don't know, Nick. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I like Gwyneth Paltrow, but I don't know if this is like the role that it, I don't know. Like, I get it. I get yeah. it. Like, at the time, how it would be like a big deal, but... Because she's young. Because she's young. Yeah. And because, well, the, the real elephant in the room is a Harvey Weinstein deal. Yeah. Like, Harvey Weinstein heavily campaigned for Shakespeare in Love. Like, so much money was spent just campaigning in unfair ways mm-hmm. sometimes for for this film. And it ultimately, it gave Gwyneth Paltrow the Best Actress Award. And the nominees this year were Kate Blanchett for Elizabeth, mm-hmm. um, Fernanda Montenegro for Central Station, uh, which I heard is very good, um, Meryl Streep, One True Thing, and Emily Watson, Hillary and Jackie. Mm. So she's... <sighs> she's like the only ingenue in this category, yeah. right? I mean, in the traditional sense. I think I think this is like one of those things... Where, like, the Oscars has a habit of doing this where they will go for, like, this, like, Hollywood story. Like, mm-hmm. this Gwyneth Paltrow win. Which, like, I don't have a problem with her winning. And I, like, loved her Oscar speech. It made I me loved cry. her speech. Like, call me whatever. Like, I know a lot of people, like, hate on Gwyneth Paltrow. And they're just, like, she's, you know, nepotism baby. She's spoiled. She's, you know, crazy with all her group stuff she doesn't know what it's like to work hard or whatever and i think that's i think a lot of people while that is fair i think they're bitter and i think that's a little heartless like i think seeing gwyneth paltrow like thank her mom and dad and like it just made me like cry like you know you don't have to like rich people have feelings too, but uh, you know, I, I just thought it was a beautiful moment, and it's very like old Hollywood too. Like this is like a story set up for her to win, being the young girl and being you know, yeah, being so much like a like a Grace Kelly Audrey Hepburn hybrid. Like this moment is is her moment, and I feel like what the Oscars always do is they're like, oh, Kate Blanchett, she'll win sometime. It's not for the role she should have won. Like I think. Like, they do that thing where it's like, oh, we'll award them down the line. Okay, yeah. I would kind of felt that energy, like, with Kate Blanchett. But um, I did think, like, her speech was really sweet. And it also, it got me verklempt, too. Um, I, I feel like it's, like, the typical, like, um, your fir- winning your first Oscar speech. You know, like, the one we think of when someone, like, mm-hmm. wins an Oscar. Like, they thank everyone, their mom, their dad, you know. It's almost uh, like Sally Fields-esque when she's like, you like me, you really like me. But it wasn't that despo or anything. It was no, so sweet. It was genuine. But I adored 
I like adore Gwyneth Paltrow's performance because yeah. it is so sweet, like you said. Yeah. However, Kate Blanchett as Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's the real deal. And like I don't like period pieces. This I don't is, either. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with the 99 Oscars, which is funny and ironic because I don't like war films and I don't like period pieces. Same. But yet I'm so fascinated by by this whole, like, award season. I will say, Elizabeth, her Kate Blanchett's performance, it did something to me. Same. Like, seeing her transform, like, in the beginning and, like, towards the end. Like, just, like, her, I don't know. It, it's, like, the range she was able to show and just how she got completely into character and just, she I don't know. She embodied her. Like, I don't, like, you don't. It's really rare that a performance, like, will grasp you like that, you know? Like, I was, like, with her. Same. And usually I'm, like, <laughs> to be honest, I'm, like, or, like, if it's, like, no offense to a Judy Dent or anything, which she was great in Shakespeare in Love. She was. She was hilarious. She was hilarious. But typically, I just, it's hard to get invested in period pieces for me. I know what you mean. Like, there has to be, like... I don't know. Maybe it is like the way it's written or the acting. Like it just can't be boring, and it it wasn't. At least she wasn't. Like it was. You could feel the fire in Kate Blanchett's performance. Yeah, but I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow is great too. I think Shakespeare in Love is a very standard yeah film in that way, though, which is kind of surprising. Why? Why it won, won so many? It yeah. won seven awards, which. It's crazy. I mean, I kind of get it. It it kind of is like a classic story. But, but yeah, it's it's crazy to me. Like, do you want to talk about best picture? Yeah, like we might as well just 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 go for go it. for it. Yeah. But the best picture nominees this year were Shakespeare in Love, Elizabeth, Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and Thin Red Line. Mm. And some snubs this year were The Truman Show and Gods and Monsters. But Shakespeare in Love won, and this is like the big thing that we're still talking about decade two decades later yeah like saving how? private ryan versus shakespeare in love but we just recently saw both right so what are your thoughts on that debate okay so if we're gonna compare the two i would say saving private ryan should have won like hands down like it it moved me in a lot of ways like i actually like cried like four different times like it was i didn't expect to and i didn't expect to care that much about a war movie not you know i mean yeah because it just usually, or I know war is like, it's hard to get into war for one, because it's like, what is the, uh, not what's the point, but like, it's hard for me to just have the attention span to watch a war movie because it's just like all the same or it's monotone or something. But this was really like, it takes you on a whole journey. And I think, you know, Tom Hanks, he's so good. He's always good and just. I don't know, the way it was, like, directed, like, you really felt like you were there with these guys, like, I don't know, just in the, the bunkers and everything, and just... It inserted so much humanity. It did. And compassion, mm. which I think it is very rare in a war film, or it's very rare to, like, effectively convey that, because it's one of those, I think Gene Siskel said it was, like, a very effective, like, anti-war war film. Yeah. But I just think Spielberg's Spielberg won Best Director for this. He, I think he definitely deserved it. For sure. But he did, like, he wanted to look, make the look of the film like a 1940s, like, like newspaper. 
clipping or whatever. And, like, that's why everything's desaturated. And I just think, like, just just everything was pieced together very well. Just what you were saying, but I think it's really rare to have that much humanity. Like, when, um, at the end, when Tom Hanks is, like, to Matt Damon, like, earn this. Mm-hmm. You know what he means. And I think that's, like, an iconic, like, like line. Yeah. That is best picture worthy to me. And it got it got me in the field, like, too, like, when it fades back into the old man's face, like, at the end. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of, like, that whole, like, idea that that was all just, like, a flashback. But it was, like, people's lives were affected. Because you do think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, like, maybe your grandparents or whoever. Like, people that, mm-hmm. like, you know, you've heard these stories. Like, I don't know. Like, my uncle was in the war. I know you're... My grandfather, grandfather was, was. They used to talk about it together. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm just sure, like, it's it's weird thinking about it as, like, a real, I don't know, like. And it sticks with you for life. It sticks with you. Because, yeah, you're right. A lot of war movies don't really get into the humanity aspect. It's all just, like, oh, the fighting or, like, the historic things, the, the, the facts, but not, like, the people. Or it, like, tries to put on a front. I think that's why I can never get into, like, war films. Like, how how so? It's like, I don't want to say propaganda in a way, but it's like they're always buttoned up or they can't, like, there's no, like. Messiness? Messiness. And I, like, it just shows, like, Saving Private Ryan, the first 30 minutes of that film are, like, one of the great, like, cinema moments. And, um, and that's messy. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. That's just bloody. And it's not fun. Mm-mm. And I think, like, a lot of times we glamorize war in war films. Yeah. And I think, like, the first 30 minutes of this were so genius in a way that it just, like, set up right away that you're going to go on a journey with these people. And they might. It's going to be messy and they might not survive. Like, or everyone's going to. It just. Yeah. It's not glamorous. War is not cool. War is not glamorous. And these are actual people who are afraid. Yeah. And just seeing all of them, like, every time someone would die, they call out, like, mom. Like, oh, my God. Those parts really got me because I was like, oh, man. But you think about it, like, a lot of uh, the kids, like, were, like, 18, drafted mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like, you, you're, I mean, I can't imagine. Like, I'd be freaking terrified, too. Like, and even you get to see, like, how the captains has to make, like, really tough choices. Like, Tom Hanks' character, like, doing the right thing. Like, there's all those things, yeah. like, along the way. That it's, like, all the tough calls. Like, oh, do we actually take this group of people out, even though it's not our mission? Like, things like that. You just, I don't know. Or his monologue about being a good person. Yeah. And w- not being a good person, but he was, like, it's not about being a good person, sorry. It's when he was, like, will I remember my like am i the same person yeah i know afterwards when he's like he reveals like he's like an english teacher English teacher yeah like i don't know war changes you yeah and um so i just i i think that's a movie that's gonna stick with me and i think in retrospect like we call that movie one of like the best war films of all time Mm -hmm. i don't know it's crazy in retrospect because at the time Harvey Weinstein's smear campaign. Oh, right. Was that it was in the first 30 minutes and that Saving Private Ryan's essentially like, you know, just like a July, like, blockbuster, like, summer film. Like, it doesn't deserve any awards. It's just, you know, it's just that first 30 minutes. Do, do you think that, like, the timing of the release of um, 
Saving Private Ryan was maybe affecting the awards as well, like just a hundred percent earlier in the season. A hundred percent. I think that's so rare for a film, like statistically, mm. an Oscar film, like Oscar Best Picture winners, always come out like November, December. That's just a thing. That's so wild. And is it because of Harvey, though, you think? Like, the campaigning? Or is that just how it's been? Like, I, th- I think that's just how it's been. But I think Harvey Weinstein, like, I think he invented, as far as the Oscars, just the the brutal campaigning of it all. Right. Like, I think – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know he, like, threw parties and – like, did something against the rules, right? Like, where you're not supposed to have Oscar, uh, like, the judges and or critics or... Harvey Weinstein, to um, <laughs> campaign for Shakespeare and Love the Season, he went, he was like, oh, you know what? A lot of these old Oscar voters are in retirement homes mm-hmm. and, like, senior citizen homes. We're going to go and screen, do screenings there. Or they did this big, like, welcome to America for, for, um, is it Richard Madden, the director of Shakespeare in Love? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like, and just invited all these Oscar voters and stuff. And it was just, like, weird and slimy, which we know that about Harvey Weinstein, obviously, but. He got called out, too, right? And wasn't he just like, yeah, well, I'm. it's not breaking the rules. I mean, it, I don't know. He had, like, some type of excuse, like, like the rules didn't apply. Basically, I mean, and I guess he was successful. He like was. Shakespeare in Love and Gwyneth Paltrow won. So yeah, I, I mean, like don't I will hate s- the player, hate the game. I guess. I guess. Um, I was gonna say it's like it was weird hearing so many people thank him. Like <laughs> I don't know, it made me feel really weird. I mean, I felt for Gwyneth Paltrow though thanking him though because I'm sure like. And I mean, even now, like recently, like last year, Glenn Close shaded Gwyneth Paltrow for winning when she was um, promoting Hillbilly Allergy. She said something about like how Gwyneth Paltrow, Shakespeare in Love win. Like she doesn't know how that happened. I really don't think anyone can hate on Gwyneth for that, though. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I say good for her, you know. And she must have felt very like indebted to him because like. Even in the speeches, like, it's very clear that, like, Miramax, that, like, Gwyneth Paltrow was, like, their girl. Mm-hmm. It was their golden child. It was, like, helping the machine go along. And she's just, like, I don't know, just, like, a cog in this machine. So, yeah, yeah, it's not her fault. Nah. And she does a love – Shakespeare in Love is a lovely film. It's really cute. And she – it's a lovely performance. Yeah. It's great. And – I don't know. I was charmed by her. I was too. Yeah. But we were talking about earlier. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I know. I think it's hilarious though that she wins Best Actress and Joseph Fiennes wins nothing, gets no nominations, but gets nominated for like Best Kits at the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> yeah. The teens were like, ooh, we're into it. Which, what is up with him? Like just being in like both of these like Elizabethan movies and looking like the same exact guy in both movies. Okay, that's we were talking about this earlier too. Like this is like and it also ties in with the MCU, like the Marvel of it all, because Shakespeare in Love and Elizabeth are they in the same universe? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like they they appear to be, but you know, I was thinking if they were okay. 
So in Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth dates this this man, the mm-hmm. Duke of, I guess, I think he's a Duke of something, whoever, I don't know, Shakespeare man, Ro- what is his name again? Robert? Is it Robert? Fiends? F- Fines? I can't say his name. Oh, like, Joseph. Joseph? Joseph oh, Fines? See, I, yeah, Joseph Fines. No, Ray Fines <laughs> is Voldemort. Different <laughs> dude. I get them confused, they're brothers, but it's it's Joseph, right? I, I believe you. I trust you. You're way better <laughs> Now at the I'm names. overthinking it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Fines. <laughs> Mr. Fines. That's not Ray Fines. That's Joseph Fines. I think. The one who looked like a cross between Prince and um, Liam Hemsworth. Exactly. Oh my gosh. He's very attractive. I just, I don't know why I kept thinking he looks like Prince. And then you were like, he also looks like Liam Hemsworth. And he does. He has that face. I don't know. But but yeah, he's in both films. Who else? Jeffrey Rush is in both. Is in both. What is up? Isn't there like some type of rule about like not being in the same kind of movie or no because he's not playing the same exact role he's just um i don't know he he's like would you say well he was a supporting role i guess in elizabeth and then a main role in shakespeare yeah yeah that happens sometimes yeah i mean i guess they allowed it you know and i guess it doesn't matter because they're just films and he didn't get nominated for either category so I like this this idea that they're in the same universe, though. Isn't Judy Dench in both as well? I, th- you know, I thought she did something in Elizabeth, but I don't, I don't know. know. But this is so fascinating to me that, like, I had to do a double take. I was like, wait, what movie am I watching? Like, I was so confused. So I can't imagine being, a, like, an Oscar voter and, like, watching, <laughs> like, two war films because the Thin Red Line's also there and, like, being like, Oh, wait, Tom Hanks. No, that's Woody Harrelson. Oh, man. I mean, I know, like, Terrence Malick and, like, Steven Spielberg shoot very different, but I'm confused. And then, like, with the Elizabethan ones. Yeah. This this is a totally separate thought. I don't even know. Go for it. I don't know if I can relate this, but um, just speaking of, like, actors looking, like, or just, well, this, this is a little different. This is an actor that, I don't know. I don't know how to get into this, Nick, but. What? In Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. There's an actor I totally thought was Ben Affleck, and it's not. Who is it? Vin Diesel? No, it's it's, it's not Vin Diesel. It's like Ed somebody? I don't know. Oh, Edward Burns? Yes. Oh, but Edward, Edward Burns. Burns is so much better than uh, Ben Affleck and Shakespeare in Love, though. That's what people keep saying. Yeah, but they look very much, very much alike. Just saying. I don't know. I totally thought that that he was in both. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Huh? I'm trying to think because like, I guess so. You know, Ben Affleck only took the role in Shakespeare in Love to be closer to Gwyneth Paltrow because they were dating at the time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought she was she wasn't still dating Brad Pitt. No, uh, that was they broke up right before like. Oh. She was offered the part, and because of the breakup with Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow almost didn't take the role of Shakespeare in Love, <gasps> and almost didn't win the Oscar. So maybe she wouldn't have had all that uh, emotion. I know that Romeo and Juliet uh, energy. You know, I know. But. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's fun. That's yeah. a fun fact. It is. And the best actor category, which oh yeah, which was kind of like. It's a great 
line. That's a great group. It this is this year. It is. Yeah, like I'll give you the the nominees and then I'll give you the floor because I know this is <laughs> this is your man. Yeah. But so in the best actor category, the nominees were Roberto Benini for Life is Beautiful, Tom Hanks for Saving Private Ryan, Ian McKellen for Gods and Monsters, Nick Nolte for Affliction, and Edward Norton for American History X. And of course, because this is now like a a movie moment, a pop culture moment, Roberto Benini wins for Life is Beautiful. Yeah. And Roberto Benini take it away brie because this is this is your man i just i just love him so much i love how excitable he is and i love how he can't quite put his excitement into words and he just like tries so hard in his best italian way to like convey his emotions and he's just like a little kid up there like when he wins and then when you know life is beautiful wins but i mean i know we i don't know uh, it's it's too much of a jump We'll talk about it all because um, I don't know how to not, you know? Yeah, Roberto Benini wins for Best Actor and for Best Foreign Film. Yeah, which I feel like it was so deserved. I-, I think it's so cool anyway that he, like, directed this and starred as well and just helped produce it. Produce- yeah, he just – it's such a good film. And it's – I think the way he – put it together was really special the elements of comedy he added like just it's a little more easy to digest but also it's it still really gets you in the feels like it's just so full of heart and he's so full of heart and so i don't know seeing him win just lifts my spirits um i mean that that oscar moment yeah like brie when they win he wins for best foreign film like, like when Sophia Loren is reading off the nominees. Yeah. You know, you can hear in the audience people yelling, Roberto, Roberto. And instead of announcing best foreign film as Life is Beautiful, she says Roberto. And he comes up. And can you can you just yeah. paint the picture of this, like, so, moment? Yes. So he pops up. He's like, yeah. And he just, like, jumps on top of the chair. He's, like, cr- essentially crowd surfing. By, like, standing on top of, like, the red velvet chairs. And it's so cool because a lot of people around him, at least, are into it. Steven Spielberg is so into it. I just love seeing the joy on everyone's faces. They were really rooting for him. And some people were even trying to help him, like, cross over the chairs to the <laughs> stage, which is so comical to watch. And when he finally, it takes him a while to get there. He finally gets up on the stage. Gives Sophia Loren the biggest, longest hug. Like, they, I don't know if, I don't think they really knew each other or anything, mm-hmm. but he's just like, come here, you, like, it was like a real hug. And I don't know. I don't know if that's like, I don't know, just like a win. Like, just, it was they're a both win Italian. For Italian. Yeah. <laughs> he says that a couple times in both speeches. Yeah. But, um, and I think he said something to Sophia Loren, like, oh, she's so beautiful. I, 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 I don't know what you know what I wanted to read some of his speech. Oh my god, please. Um, let's see. Someone I want to say it was Nick Nolte called him an Italian little fart, <laughs> which I I get, but also like, damn, this is just like his moment. I know. How you know? can you be a hater, man? Also, um, like while you're looking that up, like, yeah, the life is beautiful. Win is so special to me. Because that movie is one of those movies that takes, like, 
something like a terrible, like horrific event. And like his character in Life is Beautiful is trying to like kind of shield it from his son. Yeah. And like try to see like the beauty, like in the bright side of things. Mm. And I think that's a lot braver, like and stronger than trying to like than just and then either pretending it didn't happen or-, or giving up or just being like stoic. Like I feel like this idea like of comedy or like Optim- optimism in a way or like whatever kind of saving you mm-hmm. or like the comedy kind of saving you i mean roberto Benini, he's a comedic actor anyways but like i feel like that film is so special and i know like recently people are like and like i know critics at the time were like does this show the holocaust in too much of like a light-hearted way mm-hmm. but i th- i don't think so but- i actually think it's braver and it's more of like a it's it's beautiful. It's strong to be like life is beautiful and life is precious. And I think Roberto Benini, with with all these Oscar moments, encapsulates that and embodies that. So I feel like when he wins for these two things, we all win. We all win as a collective. Yeah, I I agree. I get emotional just thinking about this movie and just about the win and just I don't know. I I agree with with that a hundred percent. And I feel like with, like, Life is Beautiful and with Saving Private Ryan, these films are so good and so special mm-hmm. be- because of that. Because they are really, like, it's all about the humanity. It's all about the people. Yeah. It's all about, like, looking people in the eye, which I don't think we do nowadays, but I don't even think then and being, like, this is a person. This is a person that, like, fought to be alive because life is beautiful. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, Nick, stop it. Uh, Earn this. <laughs> oh, man. I I actually want to watch Life is Beautiful again, because I remember watching that as a kid with my uncle. Like, we, it was on VHS when, you know, those were still around, and I just remember watching it and being like, whoa. Like, I was a kid, and I remember it was like, I don't know. It got me in the feels. Oh, so good. But yeah, I I would like to uh, read a little bit of his speech. So, well, okay. I know when he won for, I think this was when he won for Best Actor. He said, I would like to be Jupiter and kidnap everybody and lie down in the f- firmament making love to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that's that's pretty fun. Um Oh, you know what? It says Nick Nolte. It says he said that the mo- that's the most fun he ever had at an award show. He turned his his mind around about the Italian little fart. So, was that clickbait? I you know, it kind of was a little bit. I was trying to find the other uh speech he had though. All those speeches are so good. Yeah, his speeches are great. I I thought this had both of them on there, but and I'm not even mad, too, at, like, he did thank Harvey Weinstein. If we have, like, we had to take a drink for every time during the ceremony <sighs> when someone thanks Harvey Weinstein. But, like, for Life is Beautiful, mm-hmm. Roberto Benigni had, like, his friends as, like, extras and stuff. Like, he, like it was, like, it's such, like, a low-budget independent. Like, that Harvey Weinstein picked it up, not that he is a good person or anything. He's a terrible human being. Who, you know, I hope he rots in jail. 
But but he had like Miramax had faith in this film. Yeah. And that got eyeballs on the film. So I get why he'd thank Weinstein for I don't know. I feel like it's like such a weird thing to talk about this in retrospect for like so many things because there's like like little caveats. Like especially with this whole Harvey Weinstein Miramax situation. But Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I I found the speech. I found the speech that yes. I wanted to read to you. Read, read it to me. And can you read it to me as Roberto <laughs> Benini? <clears throat> yes. Thank you, Sophia. I leave it here, the Oscar, but I want you. I want to be rocked by the waves of your beauty. <laughs> Come here. Thank you. Thank you. This is a moment of a joy, and I want to kiss everybody. Because uh, you are the maker of the joy. He who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity sunrise, said the poet. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and this is wonderful to be here. Wonderful. I feel like now, really, to dive in this ocean of generosity. This is too much. Your generosity. This is, uh, how do you say, when the rain, the hailstorm, it's a hailstorm of kindness, of gratitude for you. And really, I would like to thank everybody that did the movie. Because without them, I couldn't fly with this movie. Everybody who did the producer, the screenwriter, Sarami, Elda Ferry, Gianluigi, Brasky. Oh boy, now I'm going to have to say all these Italian names. Do I have to? No. Okay, well, basically, blah, blah, blah. Harvey Weinstein of Miramax Films. Oh boy. <laughs> um... And I'd also like to thank my parents in Vergaggio. I can't say this. Close. Doesn't he thank them for poverty? In a little village. Yeah, they gave me their biggest gift. Their poverty. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to thank you for the lesson of my life. Really, but thank you, Mama and Babo. Thank you. And thank you for your love. Because if I am here, it's because the peoples love the movies. So it's always a question of love. And it keeps going, too. Bravery. <laughs> we can stop it there. That's good, though. Also, your Italian accent's kind of good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it also kind of sounds like pistachio and master of disguise. <laughs> but also like Roberto Benini. But is he the real-life pistachio? Yes. <laughs> Just saying. Mic drop. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, but yeah, great so speech. It was that was a great speech, Brie. Thanks. I mean, Roberto, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, and like other categories were interesting too. Like, like I thought it was really interesting about the best original score category. Mm. So yeah, like from the from like ninety five to ninety eight, it was divided into two categories: best dramatic score and best musical or comedy. Yeah, and it was all because of Disney, because like peak Disney Renaissance. They were like, it's unfair that Disney keeps winning all these fucking score awards, so we're gonna... <laughs> Disney always be winning them score awards. I know. Like- At that time, they were just like, F you, Alan Menken. We're gonna have to choose someone else. So, so yeah. So, Life is Beautiful, one for dramatic, and Shakespeare in Love, one for for comedic or musical. And So, hold yeah. up now. That is so interesting to me. They don't still do that, though, do they? Mm-mm. Was just this, like, 95 one-time- to 98. Okay, 95 to 98. That's... Hmm. Like, what are they? The Golden Globes? Like, chill out. Like, <laughs> I know, like, chill, man. Like, anyway, I don't know. That's I, that's just wild, Nick. 
Not a fan. Your thoughts on it? It's too many categories. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like that. What were your thoughts on best original song? Okay. First of all, well, let me, let me just read it. What the best original songs were of the time to paint a picture. Hit it, Brie. So we've got "When You Believe" from the Prince of Egypt, Stephen Schwartz. Um, I don't want to miss a thing from Armageddon, Diane Warren. The Prayer from Quest for Camelot, which is Carol Bayer Sager? Sager? How do you? I don't know. Sager, probably David. It's a David Foster. David Foster, Tony, Tony Renus, Alberto Testa. All right. I don't know them, but that's okay. Um, A Soft Place to Fall from The Horse Whisperer. Oh my God, The Horse Whisperer. I forgot about that movie. Is that Matt Damon? Who's in The Horse Whisperer? I, I, I don't even know. I, I vaguely remember... Like, being begged to go see the horse whisperer. Like. <laughs> not for I'm me. I'm not going to say any names. Okay, cool, because it wouldn't be for me. It wasn't you. Um. Anyway. That'll do. That'll do. From uh, Babe Pig in the City. Yeah. Okay, that, that's an interesting, interesting mix there. A lot of ballads, too. A like, lot of bop. Yeah. I have a strong... I, like, never have strong feelings about best original song categories. This year is fire. It is really good. And When You Believe wins. And that's a good song. Bro, you know how I feel about that song. I know you do. But but. do you think... Would you choose that over The Prayer? Hell yes. The Prayer? It's a bop. But When You Believe, sung by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, the two best singers of our lifetime the best vocal range is like whoo hearing whitney and mariah sing this song about was it moses parting the red sea yeah and the jews just like tears every time like i will listen to this song if i really want to cry and be like and i won't cry because of the subject matter i will cry because of their riffs and just to think that we live in a time when two people have God's great gift of the voice. Okay. Sorry, so, that sounds so pretentious. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I totally forgot it was them singing. Do they sing in the movie as well? Is that their voices in the movie? I think so. I think they do two versions. I just didn't realize because that changes things for me. I mean, honestly, I don't, that song, I, I didn't really watch The Prince of Egypt till a lot later in life. Um, I just wasn't privy to it. But I, for some reason, I did see the, the um, quest for Camelot and I... Honestly, I didn't realize the prayer was in that movie. I I knew uh, oh, no. Andrea Bucelli, <laughs> Andrea Bucelli, and um, Celine Dion. Yeah, like there. I remember that period of time where they would like tour and just be singing together, singing the prayer, singing the prayer. From Quest for Camelot. That's so strange. I to, to Mind think blown. to think that song wouldn't exist if that movie didn't exist is like with like a talking dragon like that. I don't know what, what I don't I don't know I don't remember that movie being particularly like good or anything but no. like that song is so good it like I don't know but I, yeah I don't know when you believe is also really good I don't want to miss a thing Aerosmith yeah I did I thought that was I just thought Aerosmith or whoever wrote that song I didn't know it was from a movie I yeah. feel like this whole like list of songs is well, except ex- with the exception of um, that'll do from Big Pig in the City. I and mean, the Horse Whisperer. Like, ho- I don't know. Yeah, I forgot about the Horse Whisperer. I I could care less about Brie. 
Yeah. Babe, Pig in the City. Do you know that was on Gene Siskel's, like, his, it was, yeah, it was his last, like, best of year for Siskel and Ebert. His number one film of this year was Babe, Pig in the City. Apparently, it's a really great movie. You you remember it, do you? Or do you? I mean, you saw it, right? I did see it, but I was very young. I don't remember it. I remember, I remember good, like, chunks of it. And I remember as a kid thinking, wow. But it's weird to think like an adult would think the same way because like, I don't know. I, But I, I was watching some clips recently and like the way they wrap it up in the end and everything, like it, it looks like it would be fun to watch now. Like it'd be funny. Like it seems cheeky. We need to watch it because I think it was on Ebert's Best of Two. Like that is so wild. It I- was like <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, Thid Red Line, Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. A man with, like, a variety of tastes. I like it. Yeah. Also, I just, like, wonder. I'm like, what about, like, babe? Yeah. We should just, we should. We should add it to the list. The movie club. See how it holds up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And best cinematography, obviously, went to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, Best art direction, Shakespeare in Love. All right. And best costume design. Shakespeare in love. love, which I I can see it. Yeah. But also Elizabeth was great, too. And isn't that Colleen Atwood? Yeah. See, I was thinking that, no, too. No, it's not. It's oh. Alexandra Byrne. But still great. All those still. ladies are goat. Yeah. Oh, dang. Sandy Powell did Velvet Goldmine, too. She does a lot. She does this costume design category. I feel like every year, but this year especially, has, like, like the costume designers for cinema. Mm-hmm. Like Sandy Powell, Colleen Atwood, Alexandra Byrne. Those are like the trifecta. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, all the costumes were great. Like you're saying, like in Elizabeth too. Like I thought, I, I don't know. It's hard to compare that with Shakespeare and Love because they're both from like the same time period. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know which one's better. Like I feel like, Shakespeare in Love is almost more ornamental in some ways, but I, f- I feel mm-hmm. like in Elizabeth, it's more stylized, maybe. I don't know. I did like, in Elizabeth, the take on it. It was like some silhouettes were like 1950s, mm-hmm. kind of inspired, or like, I-, I loved just the colors in general, and like, I loved how hers were muted, but it kind of like had the accents of like the set design. Yeah. That makes any sense. But I just, I thought that was awesome. But Shakespeare in Love, you're right, is way more ornamental and like, yeah. Just extra. I get it. It's, yeah, I get it. The amount of detail is like insane. Um, let's see. So we have Best Makeup, which Elizabeth won for. It's interesting to note that Saving Private Ryan is up there. Uh, it's a nominee. Do you think, like, all those, like, wounds? Oh, yeah. Would, would that not be special effects? Well, it would be, would it be combo? Like, well, there's makeup? no special effects award, right? I don't know. I don't think so. I think. I really don't know. That's not special. I think that's makeup. Like, I think. But, like, when the blood shoots out? Oh. Like, I... the wounds? Or are you just talking about, like. I'm just talking about, like, you know that one scene with Gianni Ribisi? And he's, like, laying down – or, sorry, I'm, like, not where the mic is because I'm trying to show you on my oh, no, you're good. But he's, like – Gianni Rubisi is, like, laying down, and it's, like, near his, like, like side on his stomach near his ribs. 
And, like, it's, like, that huge wound when he's dying. Mm. That's makeup, I believe. And they're trying to, like, stitch him up. Yeah. Oh, I thought he had, like, like bullet. Oh, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm thinking of the same scene. There's a couple scenes where they're, like, trying to save someone and it's just, like, bloody. Maybe I'm getting confused as well. But yeah. there's just, like, certain scenes in that film where I think it is, like, the bloody, like, wounds. The, the blood looked great. I mean, it looked the, – the wounds were really believable. I mean, it was gruesome. There was one point where I was, like – I actually gagged. I think someone got a gash in their shoulder or something. It, like, squirted out blood. And I was like, ugh. And that doesn't usually happen to me. I don't usually get that grossed out. But, like, I don't know. But, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, Elizabeth won Best Makeup. Shakespeare in Love and Saving Private Ryan were also nominated. Um, best Film Editing was Saving Private Ryan, which was Michael Kahn. And Best Sound was also Saving Private Ryan. You know, that movie did have really good sound. The Best Sound. I was telling you, like, I was kind of salty because I was watching Saving Private Ryan on my MacBook. Mm. And, like, I could tell it was good sound just, like, watching it on a laptop. Mm -hmm. But I was, like, I I was just, like, this is so good. I wish I, like, could have seen this on, like, the big screen. I want to be in a movie theater right now watching this. Yeah. Which, a side note, was one of also Harvey Weinstein's smear campaign tactics against Saving Private Ryan. What? Well, he was like, it's only good at the movies. It doesn't hold up on video. Oh, wait, he said that? Yeah. It was a part of his smear campaign. Well, that's, I would think that's more reason to go see it in a theater, honestly, because I don't know. That is wild, though. I feel like there is something to like going to a theater, having that experience. I don't know. But the sound is amazing in Saving Private Ryan. If, 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 if it's that good, good on a computer. Yeah. I watched it on my TV and it was good, but like, I can't imagine having like that sound just all around you being fully immersed. Like, the layers of the sound too. Like, I don't know. They just got everything. Um, the sound editing, Saving Private Ryan. Well, I don't know the difference between sound editing and sound, but I feel like I say that every year. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like a it's a fine line. It's a thin, it's a thin red line? thin red line, yeah. Um. And then Best Visual Effects, What Dreams May Come, was the winner of that one. Wow. I'm going to be honest. I, I have not heard of that movie. I It's one of those movies I associate with my grandmama. Oh, nice. But I've never watched it. But it has the best vis- – okay, visual – well, no, visual effects are not, like, special effects. So there is no – I can't believe I – did I invent a category? Yes. Because I just don't know nowadays what – I don't know if there's anything different or if they just – they should keep it simple, honestly. I hope they do. I feel like they have. I feel like that's one thing the Oscars have kind of done right. Like, yeah, like, in 2001, they added the animated category and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they'd always do, like, the documentary and, like, short form and long form and, you know, and stuff like that. But but they keep it simple. I like that. I like that, too. As it should be. I know. Well, is that, is that all the categories? That's, well, that's most of them. I wasn't gonna, <laughs> I wasn't gonna, like, try to front and be like, we've seen all the documentaries because, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, True. Like, this isn't, like, 94 where, like, Hoop Dreams is nominated, <gasps> and I feel like I need to see 
you know, the the documentaries of this year. I'm not going to, like, bore us and be like, or bore the audience and be like, these are some documentaries that that we have not seen. That we have not <laughs> seen or that we, like, you haven't seen the audience and don't care about, you know, we're not going to do that to you. Boring snooze. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. But what a journey, though. So much of a journey. I know this is going to be a fun edit for you. I feel like we've talked so much. <laughs> no, it's good. I feel like we could talk more. Like, I feel like I have more to say. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of into these retrospectives of the Academy Awards. I know this is like my, my, my nerd moment, though, but that's okay. You know, I love a good award show. I just, I feel like we need one, like, soon. But I'm happy to look back and appreciate same. Well, if you ever want to do this again, I'm so down. Same. Because there's some, like, Academy Award years where where I'm intrigued. Yeah. No, me too. And also, it puts me out of my comfort zone. Like, before this, and I, we're kind of, like, wrapping up and giving our final thoughts, but yeah, before tonight, I had seen Shakespeare in Love, kind of, sort of. Every time I put it on, I've fallen asleep. mm um, and this is, like, the first time I've seen this movie all the way through when I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. And I appreciate it for what it is. And I think this movie, in a lot of ways, is very charming and timeless. I would have never seen Saving Private Ryan because I associate it with, like, my granddad and, like, being, like, an old man movie. Yeah. I'm so glad I saw this movie. So. I agree. It takes me out of my, like, film comfort zone. And so I'd love to do this again. So if you want to do this again. I it'd be my pleasure. Yeah. No, I'm totally down. I agree with you. I'm like, I wasn't really because I'm not I, I I don't know. Period pieces don't usually do it for me. Like, I don't know. So it's nice to kind of get out of my comfort zone a bit. And especially with war movies, like I'm never like, ooh, I want to watch an, a good war movie tonight, you know, but it definitely like it's like, huh. It made me have a new perspective and appreciation for those kind of movies or just like film in general yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad we did this up i am too yeah yeah (laughs) i feel like like we were there i feel like we were i feel like we were all we were both roberto benini (laughs) yeah (laughs) both little farts (laughs) they're both little farts oh man but but anything else of note. I, you know, there is something I wanted, I feel like I wanted to mention. Yeah. Like, I noticed while watching Saving Private Ryan, a lot of faces, like like Vin Diesel, like you mentioned, and it got me thinking, wait a minute, because he looks so young there. I'm like, is this like his breakout role? Is it? Yeah. I mean, he did like some screenplays or something. Like he, I think he did some writing and acting before, but nothing like major. And Steven Spielberg put him on the map, basically. You know, my man, Adrian Brody, was Mm -hmm. in a thin red line. Yeah. I mean, I know he did Summer of Sam before this, but, like, this was one of his first? A lot of new faces for, like, cinema. And I don't know. That's kind of cool. I mean, even Matt Damon at the time. Like, now I see Matt Damon, even in Saving Private Ryan, and I'm like, ugh. But, like... Before, like in 98, we would have just seen him in Goodwill Hunting and that's it. Right? I know. It was cool to to see him. I don't know. It was just cool. 
Gianni Ribisi. We our like nineties king. We he's in so many things. He's in every single movie. I I literally when I was watching Saving Private Ryan, I was like, wait, he looks really familiar. Like I know him. He's in everything. And you know who else? Who? Um, mm, uh, Paul Giamatti. Yes, he's yeah, in it. He's in it, which I took me by surprise, and because <laughs> in my mind. I, I feel like I've seen him in a lot of, like, comedies and things, and so it was, like, a little bit jarring, but I feel like I'm seeing things in, like, backwards time, so, but he didn't really do much before either. Yeah, that's interesting to me, too. Paul Giamatti's a strange one for me, though. Yeah. Because, can I be honest? Yeah. I know he's a great actor and all this, but I cannot, it's because of the first movie I saw him in was Big Fat Liar. So all I think about him is, like, the monkey man that was, like, painted blue by Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. And that's, like, forever what I associate him with. Wow. <laughs> Whoops. I think I've, I think I've seen that. Maybe that's why I'm disturbed when I look at him, like, a little bit. I don't know. No offense to him, because I also, I know he's a great actor or whatever, but I, like, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. He doesn't really do it for me, but... I'm glad he's, like, living his best life. I haven't seen Sideways, and I hear that's, like, that's his performance. So, to be fair. But until I see Sideways, he's a big fat liar, man. <laughs> man, I haven't thought about that movie in a while. I haven't either. Dang. Should we add that to the list, too? <laughs> we really could. I saw this movie so many times as a kid. Yeah. I saw it at least twice. I was, like, I was really into it. Yeah. It was a it was a fun one, but I don't know. I think like I don't know. I've just felt like addressing that because I feel like that was a big deal. Oh, I miss Hollywood when like when it was like a big deal. Yeah, like I feel like all these stories are like I could even go on and like with all like, these little tidbits and stuff. I know. But, I mean, like I know we gotta wrap it up, but I'm just like oh, wrap I'm- it up. I do want to quickly bring up too like the Gwyneth Paltrow of it all. Yeah. Like, this is, like, I've always heard, like, the story of, remember when Gwyneth Paltrow and Winona Ryder were, like, BFFs? It was, like, mid-90s. Okay. They were BFFs, and allegedly, the story goes, is that Gwyneth Paltrow found the script for Shakespeare in Love in Winona Ryder's apartment. Oh. An audition behind her back. Ooh. And won the role. And then it broke up their friendship forever. What? And they've been, like, subtly shading each other ever since. And they were, like, bad blood. But I think that's interesting. Like, Hollywood. Hollywood tea. Wow. So that's that's the tea. That's the tea. Dang. So that's kind of fun. I mean, to me. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. Also, something I might have done at, you know... Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I I, I might have pulled a Gwyneth. Might have pulled a Gwyneth. I might, you know, I don't know. Maybe in like the last year, I've changed, but before that, I I think I would have pulled a Gwyneth. So, so no hate, but I think that's like an interesting story. Don't hate the player, hate the game. It's show business, baby. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't realize they were they were friends. Like, yeah. Dang. Apparently, real close. Wow. I don't know. Also, another fun fact about Shakespeare and Love was Judy Dench wore really high heels, apparently. Oh. And she got coined on set. Like, her nickname was Tudor Spice. 
Nice. So. That's really fun. I just feel like I had Tudor to say that. Spice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I did think she looked a little tall, but I was like, oh, maybe it's the hair or the costume. Like, maybe it's like she's standing up really straight because she kind of towers over people. And I didn't know if it was the dress is so long or something. I I guess she was wearing like Lady Gaga style heels. Was so. that like her choice, you think? Or we don't know. No. But they called her Tudor Spice and I'm here for it. Love that. And so, I, like, the the fifth, like, we can, we have a fifth Spice Girl. Don't, because didn't one of them leave? And now, when uh, Jerry left, Judy Dench could have swung in. <laughs> yeah. Missed opportunity, Dame Judy Dench. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I'd be remiss if I didn't give a little, little Spice Girl instead. So, I love that. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I feel like we've covered so much. We really have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, next week is a movie club. We're going to do The Sweetest Thing starring um, goddess Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, and Selma Blair. And mm. um, you can follow us. Uh, where can they follow us, Brie? At the Late to the Party Pod on Instagram. And you can email us at is it also the Late to the Party Pod at Gmail. And um, give us any suggestions for movie club or if you have any ideas for an episode, we'll check it out. Questions, concerns. Questions, concerns. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. But yeah. But yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.